Are you a new or aspiring woman leader that wants to make a successful leap into leadership? Do you want to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so that you can become the kind of leader other people want to follow? Welcome to The Leadership Leap, a show that is all about helping women to become more confident about making the leap into leadership. Now, here is your host, Leanne Pico. Hello, welcome to The Leadership Leap. I'm Leanne Pico, your host. We have a fabulous show for you today. Uh, Before I tell you about that, I'm going to say a big thank you to my guest from last week. So thanks so much to Tina De Los Santos, who is our communications queen here at The Leadership Leap. She's the one who's responsible for all the very cool content that is being shared on our LinkedIn page. Um, If you haven't if you haven't checked that out, go go on over there because she, she does some really cool memes, lovely quotes, inspirational stuff, but also some excellent articles. So you just go LinkedIn, The Leadership Leap. Join us there. Um, so Tina was here last week and she was talking about uh, servant leadership in our segment, Who Thought It Best? Um, it's the segment where we don't care what you wear, we care what you think. And we had a lot of fun talking about that, especially in relation to women's leadership. And we also had a very cool conversation with Christina Sacchifio about code switching in the inclusion zone. If you're not sure what that is, but you are interested in finding out how people of color, in particular women of color, make adjustments so that we all, the dominant culture, can be comfortable you need to have a listen. It was uh, Christina. Uh, I love how Christina always breaks down um, some complex issues into very, very accessible information so that we can actually think about it, take it on, and try and do things differently. So if you haven't had a chance to check out that show, make sure you go um, onto the show page or you can download it in your favorite podcast provider. So today, though, we are going to be talking about preparing for and being successful in interviews with Gurpreet Kaurman, our HR superhero. I have to say that every time I say superhero, I just have to give an inflection. I don't know why, but it's just so much fun. I love the name. Uh, Gurpreet will also be sharing some insights about the process of interviewing, getting ready, looking for the right job, how to get ready for the interview, and then also some strategies for interviewing well. So we'll be talking to Gurpreet a little bit later. Hang around for that one. Uh, But first, we're going to be talking with my guest, Susan Crawford, about being a leader in your own life. The thing is, we often talk about leadership as a role in organizations, but people are leaders in various aspects of our lives. And even if we're in a role of leadership of some sort or informal leadership within our organizations, our entire life comes with us when we walk in the door. So it's really important to not just segregate the position of leader from our everyday lives. And Susan's really going to help us think that through. So I'm going to tell you a bit about Susan. So Susan Crawford is a dynamic coach, facilitator, and speaker. She's the founder of Meraki Inspired Coaching and Consultation and a fiercely courageous woman herself who left her corporate job to create a life that gave her the balance and freedom she craved. Always good to um, learn from someone who's done it herself. 
And Susan works with superwomen who feel lost, frustrated, and overwhelmed juggling the pressures and expectations of life and work. She helps them learn how to say no without guilt, conquer self-doubt with compassion and courage, and live each day with purpose and limitless possibility. Welcome, Susan. Thank you, Leanne. I'm excited to be here. Me too. I just love that, the the whole piece about... um, self-compassion and limitless possibility. Um, So we're going to talk about that in a second, and we're going to talk about what you mean by leader in your own life. Mm -hmm. But um, first, I want to ask you about the name of your business. So what, where did the name of your business come from? Well, Meraki is a a Greek word, and it loosely translates into the soul, creativity, and passion put into something. It's the essence of yourself infused in everything you do. Oh, wow. And Very yeah, cool. I came, I came across that word a couple of years ago and I was like, wow, that's a really cool word. I love what it means. And the example they gave in describing the word was like, when you get a really great home cooked meal and you say you can taste the love in it, I uh, knew that was something I wanted to build into my business. I love that so much. That just gave me all the feels. I love yeah. that. I love that. Okay, so tell me about you because um, you have been fiercely courageous and jumped. you had a corporate job and you jumped out yeah. into your own thing. So now what we're not saying is everybody has to do this, but no. what, <laughs> there is an element, and as somebody who also did that, <laughs> I'm with you, but there is an element of, of um, you know, that I'd, I'd love to hear from you about what made you decide to start your own business? What made you decide to make a change? Yeah, well, you know, I was there for eight years, and um, everyone had said, you scored, you're working for the government, it's a great job, and, you know, you get what's called the golden handcuffs, the pension, the benefits, and the good pay. And for a lot of people, that's great. And for a while, for me, it was great. Um, But then it started not feeling so good. I started um, physically not feeling well being in that environment. And it was possibly because of stress. It was possibly because my values weren't aligned. It could have been a mix of everything. I'm also a mom of two young girls. So there could have been a perfect storm brewing. I think at the end of the day, for me, the, the big push was when I was overlooked for a promotion and when my contributions were not valued. And for me, that's oh. a big thing as a people person. Um, I think respecting your, your staff, your teammates, your, the people who are doing the work is such a pivotal piece of leadership. And when it doesn't happen and it so deeply offends your, the core of who you are, you have to make a decision either to stay and figure it out or to make a choice to leave. And I chose to leave. Yeah, good for you. Because the thing is, is that a lot of people will stay in that for a long time. Like I, I've met people who, you know, look at they they're in their forties and they're in, uh, in government or in a you know a, a corporate job and and they are waiting for the pension. And I think, wow, that's yeah. a long time in your life to be miserable. <laughs> yeah. That's a long time my, to be grumpy. My retirement date. My retirement date was December twenty forty four. And oh. I shouldn't know that date, but I thought that's so far. <laughs> that's so you are far not away. alone. There are so many people who know that retirement date by yeah, they, and, and, and counting down. They know the number of days, even uh, though it's 20 years away. I like that. I, I, yeah. I knew for myself that wasn't the path that I wanted to be on. And, you know, everyone says, well, you're in the golden handcuffs. Well, it was when I realized I had the key. 
that yes. I was able to unlock the handcuffs and actually step into what I was meant to be doing. Yeah, good for you. Life is too short. Life is too short is. for sure. Yeah. So you were a leader in your own life. And so now you help other people uh, move towards that. Tell us what you mean by that. I, I just, I love the title. Like, I love how you put that. So just tell us what you mean when you say leader in your own life. Well, I think when we talk about leadership, we talk about leaders as the capital L leader by title, mm-hmm. by position. But we forget that we are actually and can be leaders in our own lives, whether we are parents in a relationship. Um, there are different ways we can show up with leader qualities and characteristics. And when we understand where our strengths are and how to leverage them in a leadership capacity, whether it's by title or not, we have so much power and agency over the choices we make, over the things we do, and how we influence others. Yeah. And so it's really about taking that and using it for good in a way that oh. serves us. Nice, nice. And I do, and I kind of alluded to it before, but I've worked with and um, coached or trained or worked myself with a lot of folks who there's a mentality that um, we don't have choices. And mm-hmm. I hesitate. Mm-hmm. I don't like to call it victim mentality because a lot of times it's not about victim. And for women, particularly, I want to be really clear for a lot mm-hmm. of women, particularly those who are either starting in their career or are having kids or are at different stages where they or they're, they've had a divorce or they're, you know, on their own financially it doesn't feel like they can leave like it's not a victim thing it's a it's a kind of like I don't I can't leave so Mm -hmm. you know how do you work with folks who kind of feel like that yeah and let's be clear I I'm married and I have a husband who is very supportive of me my family is supportive of the choice that I made because they saw what it was doing to me to stay um it was sort of it's this or it's going to get worse And um, so I do have support, but I have also been very mm, stubborn, I guess you could say, in that this is going to work because (laughs) the alternative of rotting away in a job that doesn't feed my soul is not an option. Right, right. And that's the thing, right, is that that's, that's the kind of mindset shift, which is leaving doesn't feel like an option, but is staying really an option if you feel like that? Right. And, and what, what is the cost of staying? I mean, I would walk by people in the hallways at my old job and you could barely get a smile out of someone after saying good morning. And I thought, you know, we, in, in a lot of cases, some people feel like I have to stay. The kids are going to school. I have to pay for education, my mortgage. Those are all real. So I don't want to pretend that those aren't real things that people are facing. But at the end of the day, when it's compromising your health, when it's compromising your well-being, when it's compromising the time you spend with the people you love, and it's actually hurting you, there comes a point where it's like, how much am I going to to suffer in this before I say, I can do better? Yes, that's the key right there. That's the key. Right. And, and, yeah. and again, recognizing that people, you know, sometimes people are feeling their confidence has gone or they don't feel valued. Like you said, like you could have thought, oh, well, like, you know, your reaction to not feeling valued or being recognized could be, I suck. I'm no good. I'm clearly right. Like it, it, it takes a, yeah. a hold. So it's important to have that mindset check. Right. Exactly, exactly. Like the being in, a, whether it be a toxic relationship, a toxic workplace, doing work that, 
you don't love, I mean, it erodes your confidence. So then you end up staying because, well, I maybe can't do anything else. And you start to believe that this is all you can do. And I mean, when I met my first coach, that was when I got my wake up call. And I was like, wait a second, I have a whole lot more to offer. Why am I mm. giving my best to this, this office for seven hours a day and then coming home feeling completely drained and not having enough energy to be present with my kids? Yeah. Yeah. Very so good it question. Wasn't about the job. Yeah, for sure. And so, so that's kind of, um, and I'm, I'm going to say extreme, but it's not extreme because it's all too common, sadly. But you also mm-hmm. work with uh, women, particularly people, but women in particular, that are trying to balance. Um, so they, they, may, they might like their jobs, they might be doing okay in their work, mm-hmm. but they're trying to manage a lot. And I'm, I always be careful with the word balance, because I'm not sure there is <laughs> such a thing. Um, right. But I, how do they, you know, you help them manage all of the range of demands they have. And so that kind of piece around a leader in your own life, we have to apply that leadership thinking to our own personal lives too, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. And that's why I call it the superwoman. Um, there's the superwoman yeah. syndrome where um, for a lot of cases, it falls on women's shoulders to wear many different hats or have various roles and responsibilities outside of the office. So they could be part of the sandwich generation taking care of their elderly parents. They could be parenting themselves. They could uh, be single parents. Um, There are different roles we play beyond the professional role that put stress on us because there are expectations. We've been been conditioned to believe that there is value in perfection, that we are not worthy of taking time for self-care, that... Um, burnout is almost a status symbol of, well, I'm exhausted, but I'm still going, I'm still hustling hard. And we, yeah. we think that there's a badge attached. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, I always say that, I always say that about the badge of busyness and that mm-hmm. it's a very low bar we have right now for like, it's a low bar to win. I am the busiest, not I am the most effective. I'm having the most impact. Like it's, uh, it's really not a, a great measure of how we're doing in mm. the world. Exactly. And then you have this this beautiful tool of social media where everybody shows their highlight reel when on yeah. the inside they're dying slowly because they are completely depleted because we have not put ourselves on any type of priority list. And to be a leader in your life means, and this is something I've learned myself, that you have to deem yourself worthy to be taken care of by you. It's not anyone else's responsibility. We have to be responsible to take care of ourselves so that we can do the things that we're responsible for and create boundaries around the things that we need to delegate. Yeah, so good. Oh, man, if I could just do that in a poster uh, (laughs) or on people's (laughs) attaché. You're so, so right. And, you know, and we talk about it a lot, but I, you know, and I, uh, it's funny, I, I wrote a blog a while ago about this and um, it resonated with people and it, I, but I keep it as a, a test for me, which is around that whole piece when, you know, you're on the airplane and the stewards mm. say, put your gas, put your oxygen mask on you first. And I remember okay. as a young woman traveling, I was just like, gosh, that's really selfish. Like, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you want to put it on your kid first? And, um, and it was only when I became a mom, I was like, oh, wait, 
I have to put yeah. it on first because he can't. He's a baby. He can't put it on himself. And mm-hmm. so it fundamentally shifted my thinking about not just that, but also life, really. Yeah. Yeah. And you said the S word, right? We've been yeah. ingrained to believe that taking care of ourselves is selfish. Yes. And yep. so with that, with that mindset, who's going to take time to relax? I've talked to clients so often. They're like, well, I can't slow down because people will think I'm lazy. I can't take a day off because it's selfish. I can't stop doing this because they rely on me. And it's like, but you're, 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 you're compromising yourself for others and not putting in the effort and the energy you need to, to make sure you're able to perform all of the tasks that are on your plate. Yeah. And often it's a story, right? It's not even real. Yeah. Like who who is going to say if if I spend two hours, you know, Netflixing instead of working tonight, who's mm-hmm. coming along to say, ooh, are you ever lazy? It's only me. Yeah. It's only me. Exactly. Like even even people who are in my house, well, they're not gonna dare. Mm-hmm. But also yeah. <laughs> you know, they don't think that way. It's a it's a narrative it's a self generated narrative that we have yeah. going on. And it's what we've seen from our from the women in our lives, whether it be our mothers or grandmothers, they modeled what they knew, and we've internalized that. And I think the awakening that's happening for so many women in their 30s and 40s and maybe even later is that, wait a second, that didn't work for my mom, so why do I think it's going to work for me? I need to stop and interrupt this cycle of this martyrdom and constant giving and actually fill up my own cup because I don't have that much more to give. And the demands are so much more now with raising kids, with the expectations of work, that we're trying to measure up to something that is just unachievable. But we're all high achievers, so we keep trying. (laughs) It's true. It's true. And also, I always um, try and remind people, too, though, in a sense of history, because you're absolutely right. We look Look, we look at the people before us, but in, we need to be careful of that because in actual fact, we've only been in the workplace on a full-time basis for the last 70 years. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. women before us often, and even then, not en masse. So the right. women before us were often at home. And so you right. only had one person working and women did take care of, you know, a, a part of life, whereas now mm-hmm. we're working and taking care of the whole part of life that is at home yeah. often. So yeah, we're, 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 we're adding, we're not things. substituting, we're adding. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I think to bring it back to the theme of being a leader in your own life is starting off with recognizing that these are the patterns and habits you've been living with and, and, and committing to say, I want to make a change. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we're going to take a break now. That's a perfect segue to a break. I want to make a change. So when we come back after the break, we're going to talk to Susan about saying no. The number one leadership tool uh, for women that will help us to be a leader in our own life. So it will be coming back in just a minute and Susan will help us find out how to do it and give us some strategies. See you in a sec. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hi there, this is Liam Picot, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. 
I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. When I did move up, I always say that I attended the What Not To Do School of Leadership as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn that the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program, also called The Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching, and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, you will discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others. You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. Find out more and sign up to learn with me at theleadershipleap.net and use coupon code radio for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader you most want to be. Hi there, this is Liam Picot, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. When I did move up, I always say that I attended the What Not To Do School of Leadership as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program, also called The Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching, and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, you'll discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others. You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. Find out more and sign up to learn with me at theleadershipleap.net and use coupon code radio for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader you most want to be. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to The Leadership Leap with Leanne Pico. You can find out more about Leanne and the program at theleadershipleap.net. Don't forget that you can also send in your questions about all things leadership to Leanne at her email address, info at theleadershipleap.net, and we'll try to answer them on the show. Now, back to The Leadership Leap. Hey, welcome back. Leanne here, and I am having a fabulous conversation with Susan Crawford of Meraki Inspired Coaching and Consultation. And um, we were just talking about being a leader in your own life as women, particularly in terms of um, managing the various aspects of our lives, as well as um, taking, I guess, one of the things we're talking about, stepping out of the comfort zone and taking being courageous about our own careers as well. We had a whole bunch of themes going on there. Um, But we're going to now talk about one of the things that uh, as women, it's one of the hardest uh, things that we do or don't do. And that's saying no. So um, 
Now, I just want to point out that, um, Susan, you've got a master class, and uh, it's this Sunday. Uh, it's How on can the 29th. People- on the 29th, and it's mm-hmm. the power of saying no. And so how can people sign up for that just before we uh, get into? If, if my email can be made available, they can, people can email me to register. My email is susan at marakiinspired.com. Okay, cool. So that's how you can connect with Susan for the masterclass. But before we, so just give us a couple of tips, though. Um, and that's nice that people can go and do that deep dive. But a couple of tips mm-hmm. for saying no, like why, why do we struggle with it? And how can we get better at it? Well, I think one of the reasons we struggle with it is because it's so ingrained in how we behave. It is, it is expected of us a lot of the time as women to be the people pleasers, the helpers, the ones that give. And because we've seen it modeled for us and because we've become so accustomed to it, it's really, it feels almost counterintuitive to say no because of the same reason self-care, because it feels selfish. You might be perceived as lazy. What if I hurt someone's feelings if I say no? And in this masterclass, we squash all of that because really our ability to say no is like a radical act of self-care. And that's what I want, to, I want women to walk away with, knowing that no is in their control, it is in their power, and they can wield it however they like, whenever they like, without shame, guilt, or remorse. So good. So good. And one of the things that for me, when I um, work with people too, or, or even in my personal life, what I have started, I finally, it took me many years to get here, but um, what I finally realized was when I say no to something, it means I'm saying yes to something else mm. that might be a better fit. When I don't yes. say no, I'm often gathering a bunch of things that don't that aren't may not be the best thing for me or for others around me. Exactly. And really that, that is one of the the pieces that we speak about in the masterclass, how to say no so powerfully that you'll never doubt or second guess your decisions again. Because sometimes we feel, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said no, that person may not like it. And when we realize it's not about them, it's about us. It's about Yeah, because we're worried they might not like me, right? Yeah, exactly. Because we're all looking for validation, worthiness, love, acceptance. And your saying no doesn't take that away from you. We have to be, learn how to protect ourselves and our time and energy and attention. And saying no is a great way of learning how to do that effectively. Absolutely. Okay, so um, what's your email again? Susan, S-U-S-A-N, at MerakiInspired.com. So if you're interested in the Masterclass, connect with Susan. And even if you're listening to the show and the Masterclass t- date has passed, do connect with Susan so you can see if there's another one. Um, there's another Absolutely. thing, though, I want to talk about. So thank you for that, because saying no is one of the most important things we can do as women, um, both in our own leadership, in our own lives, but also as leaders in roles. We ha- It's a key competency. Um, yes. So, but let's also talk about uh, one of the things that, and one of the things that, I, that you do that I love, uh, which is about, um, you have a message around seizing the day. And yes. about every day, and particularly on Tuesdays. Tell us about that. <laughs> yes, well, it is a Facebook group for women who um, want to seize the day every day, and it's called Champagne on Tuesday. And I'll tell you a little bit of background why it was named that way. I was actually working with my coach, and we were talking about how. Um, I've learned how to postpone gratification, postpone those 
special things for special occasions, like champagne. And it was always, oh, well, we'll save it for a special occasion. And I said, you know what? It's, it's so funny how we think we have guaranteed days or guaranteed occasions. Why can't we have champagne on Tuesday? And the light went off and I went, oh, my God. That is what I want women to feel every morning when they wake up. The champagne bottle pops. And it's just overflowing with energy, bubbles, excitement, because every day is special. Every day can be made to feel like a special occasion. And when we have that permission, boy, do we ever take advantage of that feeling. It's so good. So good. And that is a definitely a, a policy I can get behind. Yeah. <laughs> and it's <laughs> Thursday. Champagne, whatever that looks sh- like for you. <laughs> well, I feel it's bad. Just- we should have been having champagne right now on Thursday. I, think we I, have. I, I, I wish I'd planned better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So well, thank you so much, Susan. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. So don't forget that you, so um, much, you can. Connect with Susan about her masterclass, but also what, and the, the Facebook group, group is called Champagne on Tuesday, so they can just find you on Facebook? Facebook, you can friend me and connect to the group very easily. Awesome. So do make sure that you're seizing the day and having Champagne on Tuesday with Susan. Thanks, Susan. Thanks, Leanne. All right. Thanks so much to Susan Crawford from Meraki Inspired Coaching and Consulting for that lovely bit of inspiration and also some key tips around saying no um, and reframing it. You know what, um, how you say no, in fact, you figure it out along the way, but it's the mindset around you, you're allowed and giving yourself permission to say no and understanding it's an important part of prioritizing and being a leader in your own life and also in your organization. So now we're going to move on to um, uh, an area that um, when you mention it causes people to be absolutely terrified. I have seen people (laughs) freeze, like very uh, confident, able people freeze at the thought of an interview, a job interview. So I'm going, I'd like to welcome Gurpreet Kaurman, our HR superhero. And Gurpreet is an HR professional with 14 plus years of human resource experience. She now runs her own HR consulting firm, HR superhero, and she helps small, medium-sized organizations to attract and retain talent by day and by night. She's a career strategist coach, so she helps career professionals land a job in 30 days through her online boot camp, and she's got one coming up, so we're going to talk about that before she goes today so you can get some information about that. Gurpreet, welcome to the show. Thank you, Leon. So uh, nice to have you here again. Yes, yes. I just want to say, uh, wow, to, uh, Susan's uh, ending words. Mm-hmm. So powerful, what she said. So powerful. And it's funny, um, I often, you know, it, these shows, they kind of connect up. Um, and I and often, it's I didn't mean them to, but somehow they do very well. And I was thinking that, that as we were talking with Susan about, you know, sometimes we have, in order to be a leader in our own life, we have to make a change in our career yeah. and in our jobs. And so this, this segment is, is really important for people to listen to. Yes, I agree. Right. Yeah. Very so important. tell us. Okay, so say I am um, either not happy in my job or maybe I want to stretch myself. So we're going to talk about interviewing, but we're also Mm -hmm. going to talk about, and, and, you know, for me, I always see people, they jump straight to the application and interview process. And then, you know, 
six months later, they get the job, they're in the job, and they're just like, oh, this isn't what I thought it would be. Um, And I always say, well, they, they missed a crucial part. And I love that you focus on this part, which is research. Before you even apply, you need to do research. So can you tell us a about that? Yes. Um, the research part is so important. But before we do research, you got to know your target. What's the ideal employer, company you want to work for? Yeah. I think this is why a lot of people end up in jobs or companies they don't um, want to work for. When they're in the job, they realize, wait, this is not for me. This company's not for me. It's because they never actually took the time to research. Um, before research, they didn't take the time to actually uh, identify the ideal company or companies they want to work for. But in an yeah. employer setting, what type of work environment do they want to be in? And the biggest thing is feelings. How do you want to feel when you're at work? Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I, I do um, in my work, too, is kind of focus. The f- very first step is what are your values? What do you care about for exactly the same reason? Because it's like if you're going to look for a leadership position, well, you need to make sure that, that you're aligned. And so that really does impact how you feel at work. So I love that. I think it's so important. And it's also where it, there's an I, I think people think that they're kind of um, – and again, that, that kind of not victims, but they don't have control of this process. They and and that's what I love about the work you do. You always say you are in control of your career, right? Yeah, we we are. We are totally. But to add on, worker like we when we get jobs, you, it's like a marriage. You and the company are in a marriage. <laughs> are you yeah, going to blindly very true. jump into a marriage? Or are you going to first identify exactly what you said, your values, what's important to you, and then you search for that partner that has the same uh, morals and values, um, the beliefs, right? And you align it, and that's exactly how uh, our careers should be focused on and the companies we want to work for. And... um, and the reason I say you, we are in control is because we are. We have mm-hmm. that power. It just requires work to do. So we have a yeah. choice. We can either do that work or we're just going to go blindly and start applying to jobs and just go for interviews and just go into a job because we just want a job. So we do have the power. We have a choice. And I think it comes back to us. I love that so much. And I have been guilty of that myself. I always prided myself on being a good researcher, but I didn't go far enough for some jobs. And so it it, it didn't work out in the way that I had hoped. So now tell us, so the, and that's what a lot of people just don't know how. So tell us, give us some tips on what can you do to research the companies? So other than here, you have an advertisement for a position, you have a job specification. What can you do beyond those things? Go on Glassdoor um, and read the company's reviews. Today, in today's world that we live in, it's so easy nowadays. Like back in the days, maybe even when I was starting out my career journey, it wasn't that easy to actually get some inside knowledge about the company. But now mm-hmm. it is. We have we have a website called Glassdoor Reviews. You can go and read reviews about the company. 
go beyond. You can Google search the company and Glassdoor is one way. And second approach would be just go beyond that and Google the company's name and research anything you see associated with that company name because there's also another form called Reddit where people openly discuss things, right? And you won't know all this stuff if you don't actually take the time to Google the company's name and see what comes up. Absolutely. And one of the things that I I think works well is... um, when you go and when I was doing story coaching, I would say this is that, you know, the main one of the big places that you can find out what the company values is on the about page. So you go to the about page or their corporate, uh, what are their corporate values? And then you go to Google and see if there's any media um, coverage of them. And so, for example, if they say they care about the environment, but in the media, they're being accused of a bunch of different things, like it may, you might just want to raise, it raises questions, right? Like there's yeah. lots of ways to, to kind of do your due diligence. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and there's so much out there that we have access to social media, uh, Google, there's like Glassdoor. So the most important piece is, as you said, first go and read about the company uh, on their website and then take it up, what I say, kick it up a notch and go mm-hmm. Google, read, go on Glassdoor. Uh, nowadays, every company that I've come across has reviews on Glassdoor. Yeah. Also, pay attention when you're applying to jobs. Indeed, now, I think they started this a couple of years ago, a few years ago, they also have a review section where employees can go and give company reviews. So there is Indeed, there's Glassdoor, there's, there's just, honestly, there's just so much out there to get information, but it requires time. And are you yeah. willing to put that time and effort? Well, and, you know, as a as a uh, somebody who, and again, I always put in the time. I just didn't do it well sometimes. Um, I would put in the time, but I, I'll tell you, the heartache later uh, is is much worse than the little bit of time it you might want to put into just like you said. It's like a marriage. It's like a, a partnership. Um, yeah. Now, it's not a guarantee, right? I mean, you can do all that nope. research. <laughs> Uh, you can do all the research and think that you're aligned and get into the organization. And, and so we're not saying this is a guarantee, right? Like it's, no. it's, but it is important. What I, my, what the term I use is um, gamble. I, yes. I, even as an HR professional, I say this internally too with my hiring managers that recruitment's a gamble. You're never oh, going to nail it. You're never going to find the right candidate you're, you're going to find it's a gamble where some things will turn out great and some may not, but we have to build the process and do our part to ensure we're minimizing our risks when it comes to hiring. And same thing on the other side of the table, the candidate, it's not going to be 100% bulletproof, but you can minimize your risks into not ending in a, a toxic work environment. Awesome. Okay, so we're going to take a break now. That's such great advice. And so when we come back from the break, um, we're going to go to the next stage. You've got the interview. You did your research. You've got the interview. And Gurpreet's going to help us prepare for it. So stay with us, and we'll give you some great tips for that in just a minute. (music) 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hi there, this is Liam Picot, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. When I did move up, I always say that I attended the What Not To Do School of Leadership as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn that the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program, also called The Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching, and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, you will discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others. You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. Find out more and sign up to learn with me at theleadershipleap.net and use coupon code radio for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader you most want to be. Hi there, this is Liane Picot, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. When I did move up, I always say that I attended the What Not To Do School of Leadership as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program, also called The Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching, and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, you'll discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others. You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. Find out more and sign up to learn with me at theleadershipleap.net and use coupon code radio for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader you most want to be. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to The Leadership Leap with Leanne Pico. You can find out more about Leanne and the program at theleadershipleap.net. Don't forget that you can also send in your questions about all things leadership to Leanne at her email address, info at theleadershipleap.net, and we'll try to answer them on the show. Now, back to The Leadership Leap. Hey, welcome back. Leanne here, and I have the pleasure of chatting with Gurpreet Kaurman, our HR superhero, and we are talking about interviews. So, um, Gurpreet, um, I've done my research. I love the look of this company. I love the look of this job. It's like it's my ideal job. I have just received the email that I'm going to, that I've been granted an interview. How do I prepare? 
Yes, great question. A lot of people, I feel like, have this challenge of how to prepare. And then there's so much out there and get lost. I keep it simple. When you are researching the company and reading Glassdoor reviews and all that stuff, also scan for looking for problems that the company may be facing right now, like pain points in an area of your expertise. So you kind of want to do a quick, not quick, but kind of also doing the second analysis with the company's research. And I do this as well um, uh, when I'm trying to get uh, go, going to a potential client meeting. I do research. And now I teach this to my boot camp clients that you need to do the same research that I do when I go to potential client meetings. We want to discover uh, pain points, problems they may be facing. gives us a little bit of an insight of the problems this company potentially is facing and how we can solve them. Um, so that's one area to look out and when you're doing your research, it helps you prop. Second yeah, let me is, just, can I just um, focus on that yeah. for a second? Because you've raised something that is, um, I think, one of the most fundamental misunderstandings about interviews. And I used to run a, a um, an employment center and, and, and it drove me crazy and, you know, I hired people a lot. And I think people think the interview's about them. And they, they go yeah. in and it's like their preparation is off because you've just turned it on its head. So most people tend to prepare for an interview saying, I need to say this about me. I need to say this about me. I need to say this about me. I really want to highlight what you're saying is you need to think about the company and what they need from you and what would be good for them. That's huge. That's a big mindset shift. Exactly. So that's where uh, you need, like, as you said, the mind shift, right? We need to stop thinking like job seekers. And I think this is where a lot of us Mm. are failing. And it's not anyone, it's not our fault because that's what we've been told. That's what we've been conditioned to do, right? From career counselors, from universities, uh, high school, colleges, Google. If you look at Google, that's all the information you're getting. Just yesterday, last night, I was reading someone's post. Uh, I didn't write a comment, but uh, this individual is giving out her interview PDF and saying how to answer them. And I was like, I was reading and I was like, no, no, no. This is the (laughs) traditional way of interviewing. We don't want to do traditional. Traditional doesn't yeah. work. The reason traditional doesn't work because now you focus on what you think the company wants to hear. And you start to rehearse your answers like that. And then when you go to deliver in the interview, you sound like a robot. Yeah. There's yeah. no uh, emotions or feelings. You're not having conversation because you're most more focused on how you think you need to answer versus actually being yourself and answering the question with logically thinking it through before delivering your answer. Oh, so good. Answer the question. That's right. Because <laughs> that's the, th- the other part. And I've, I've had that happen. Um, I'm, I'm, pr- I'm, I'm pretty good at giving interviews because I've, I know this because I hire people. But when I would hire people and you ask a question, they've just gone off on a whole tangent that is completely irrelevant <laughs> And, you know, and for me, I just, I always go, oh, no, because, you know, you have to understand that people are being scored on their ability to answer that question often. 
And so when you kind of keep to your own script and don't listen and really answer the question in front of you really well, like I, I was just sometimes people have left me with no choice. I can't hire them um, because I, <laughs> I didn't get what I needed from them, right? It's funny you're saying this because uh, I've been doing a lot of interviews lately for a couple of my clients, and this is exactly uh, why sometimes I don't like doing interviews because the other ca- the candidates you're meeting, they're just so robotic in how they answer, or yeah. they go on a uh, blabbing moment where they're just talking and talking and talking, and you're just sitting there waiting for them to answer, and they don't answer. Yeah. yeah. It's really bad. And and it, you just, it's a shame because sometimes you just think you didn't show yourself up as well. as And, and that's no. where the listening comes in in a big way. And like you and say, I, I love that idea that you're looking at what are the problems that the company, like what are some of the things, like get to know the company, like you should have done your research anyway. Um, yes. But also look at the job spec, right? It's kind of like thinking about yep. what they are asking for And one of the things that I learned early in my career, I was over in the UK for a long time and and was able to develop some really good skills because of the environment over there. It was super competitive, but also very transparent, like the equal opportunities meant that you had to really deliver in an interview. Um, And one of the things I learned early on was that you sit like when you're asked a question to give your experience that you you say that you can do it and then you show them with a story or with a vignette. Do you recommend that too? Yeah, I do. I do. I highly recommend that. And why I recommend the storytelling is because you want to engage with the interviewer. So my biggest thing when I'm interviewing is I want to engage with the candidate. I can't do that if when you're answering your question, you're not engaging me. You're not involving me. You're not giving me that opportunity to engage with you. But when you tell a story... Uh, say, I, I, I can do this, but then you kind of telling how you've done it already. I'm now probably be more interested and in I have probably more questions back to what you're saying. And it starts to become a conversation now. And now when we're having a conversation, I forgot about the questions I want to ask you. I have a structured interview. I have questions, and that's my backup plan if the candidate's not engaging with me. Yeah, but yeah. my best interviews as as a, a hiring, uh, as an HR professional, is the ones where candidates are themselves. They're smiling, they're engaging, and their answers are actual conversation. And now I'm having a conversation, and now I'm not looking at my questions to ask, and the conversation is just, we're so deeply involved in the conversation. And the interview is finished and you don't even realize the time's fly. Those are the candidates. That's how you nice. make an impact. Yes. Well, and you always talk about this. Um, and I, and I, so I'd love it. And, you, and just to let the listeners know, um, you, you really should connect with Gurpreet on LinkedIn. So Gurpreet Kaurman on LinkedIn, because she gives all sorts of free advice and information and tips and strategies and even had a free coaching session last night, which was really cool. Um, but one of the things you always talk about is developing a relationship, and that's what you're talking about, right? Like it's it's not about ticking the boxes. It's about creating that connection with the person you, who is interviewing you, because they need to see if they if you're somebody they want to work with or that their company wants to work with, right? And beyond that, yeah, I I review interview process as networking. 
it's your opportunity to network. Forget interview. Just think of it. You're going in there, and you're going to make relationships in that one-hour chance you've given. And the impact is longer. It's greater than just that one job. Maybe that job may not work out for you, and maybe there was another candidate better than you. But guess what? When you've made an impact, you built that relationship, you have one hour. That's a long time to build a relationship with the interviewer or interviews. There could be a couple of people interviewing you. And when you think long term, when the comp- that job may not be the one for you, but when they have one that is right for you, they're going to call you. They're not going to post it or advertise this job. They're going to call you, and then you're going to get it. And that's how also leads into hidden job market. Love it so much. I love that you brought that up, that it is about a long-term relationship. And I have done that. Like when I was an executive director and I, if I interviewed someone that I thought, oh, they're not good, good, not a great fit for this role. And then when something came up, I'd be like, I know exactly who I want to hire. And you're right. Yeah. I would just skip the process and not because uh, to be unfair or it's not nepotism. It is, I have the right candidate because I've already interviewed this person and they're in my head because we had a good connection. Yeah. I've, I've done this as a job seeker. I've done this as an entrepreneur or consultant trying to get uh, potential clients. Um, and recently, my sister's done this, where she went for an interview, I don't know how many months ago, but that role, they didn't think she would be good fit. Uh, they had, but because her skills are much more greater, valuable asset for them that they don't want to put her in that role, so two months later, or almost three months later, they came back to her and said, we have a role that's perfect for you, and they hired her. Wow. A huge So company. good. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing, though. It's like you say, it's about creating that bigger connection. And, you know, we're trying to get organizations now to think uh, about people as people, not just their job descriptions. So, you know, that it's important to present yourself as, like you said, as who you are, um, so in terms of, so we just got a couple of minutes left in terms of say your top three tips for when you're in the interview and developing that relationship, what are your top three tips for people? One, I want to say is before you leave that interview, ask them this one question. Do you have any concerns about my ability to perform this role? Not oh, going to give it. you a huge opportunity if they have any concerns or any doubts, there, that's your, that question is going to help you close it. And I love close it. Those that's awesome. Repeat, that's the best advice I've ever heard. So good. Because you don't want to leave the interview and have all these doubts and then you don't get the job, right? So yeah. don't be yeah. afraid. I know when I was a job seeker, I used to ask this question. Sometimes I used to get scared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, what often. if they say yes? <laughs> oh, yeah, right? Like, yeah. what if they say yes? And then you like, then you might go into a fear mode and be scared. But you know what? Take the fear out. It's the opportunity to address the concern. Yeah. It's a, and also it's, the it's a, one question. Go on. Yeah. Well, the reverse psychology is also if they say no, we don't have any, like you've, you've got them to say they have no concerns about your ability to do the job. They've said it themselves. So it, it works yeah, both then, ways. Uh, you know, <laughs> but I'll tell you that. this much. Uh, if you ask this question, it's going to leave a lasting impact on the hiring manager. 
I know this one candidate did this with one of my clients. Uh, me and my client were interviewing this candidate. She, I asked her after because the question she asked was the same question that I'm telling people, our listeners right now, to ask. She asked that question. The manager was taken back. He was, was like, what, what? And he's like, I don't want to answer this. And then he's like, okay, no. But then he actually calmly listened and he answered. He goes, you know what? Then he kind of a little bit highlighted her, a little bit of the concerns he has. She then addressed those concerns. And I was like, well, good for you. I'm sitting there. I was like, yeah. yo, yeah. you go, so candidate. Good. Like, good for you. That's uh, awesome. For taking That's that, awesome. You know, it takes guts to ask that question because it does. You, and you leave that impression. You do leave here. that impression. And okay, you know we're just about to finish said? this show, Gurpreet. I want you to tell us how can people find out about your upcoming boot camp? It starts May, March 21st. Where can they yes. find out so very quickly? You can connect directly with me on LinkedIn and then you'll see my posting and I can send you the information um, or you can visit my website. It's a store.hrsuperhero.ca and under boot camp section, you'll see it. Perfect. Okay. Thanks so much and highly recommend you check it out. Thanks again to Susan and Gurpreet for a great show. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us this week for the Leadership Leap. Liam Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help you make a successful leap into leadership.